0: We're so glad that you joined us today for this podcast from Bishop Quentin Moore and the Father's House in Hutchinson, Kansas. God loves you and wants the best for you, and we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Share your story with us by sending an email to mystory@fathershouse.net. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at fathershouse.net slash give. Just select the option that works for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message.
1: Title this message is Nothing Changes. Nothing changes. Not one thing. You don't change. Your wife doesn't change. Your husband doesn't change. Kids don't change. Your job doesn't change. Nothing changes until you speak. Not one thing. God has empowered and given us the privilege to speak. Unlike anything else he ever created, he gave you the ability to, to compile thoughts and to make a choice to speak. And until you speak, nothing will ever change. We're living in a time when everybody's wanting change. They're wanting things to be different, but they're unwilling to speak what God has said. And because of our unwillingness, because of our hesitancy, because other people perhaps have made fun of us, we have forgotten the reality that he said, when you speak, it will happen. That means that God chooses to entertain and to involve us in a conversation. In the very beginning, the Bible says, and God said. He chose to converse with us. He's a God of conversation, and his conversation is not just to blow the wind, but his conversation is to connect with us on a deep level, that he chooses to converse with us so that he can connect with us, and not only just to make connections with us, but that he might commune with us, that we might be one with him. That as we were created in his image and likeness, he converses with us so that we might commune, be one, so that we might conceive in our hearts his purpose and vision in our lives. The Bible says his word is seed. Then he speaks to us not just to be talking, but he speaks to us to impregnate us with his seed. And when that seed is on the inside of us and it's conceived, then what it will bring forth is change in our lives. So to understand that God chooses to converse, that he might connect in order to commune with us to conceive change that would happen. The most important thing in the life of a believer, in the life of those who follow Christ, in the life of those who believe that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, is that God is speaking in us and through us to accomplish his will in the life around us. God said, let there be light, and yet there was no confirmation of what was the source of light on the first day, he said, let there be light. And there was light. But did you understand there was no sun in the sky for four days? There was no revelation of what was producing the light. You see, God will speak something in your life, but he won't give you confirmation in a physical way. I'm surrounded by grandchildren right now. Have you ever had to look at a child and say, I'll explain it later. You need to understand something. God does not explain to you before he does something. He does something, and then he will explain it later. He turned the lights on, then he explained it four days later. He'll speak something into our lives, then he will explain it later. I'm telling you, understanding comes by mule train. Some of us are slower than others. The entrance of your word brings light. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. In the beginning, God speaks. God always does what he does by speaking. And see, what God is doing inside of you is far more important than the changes that take place on the outside of you. All God has to do is speak a word, and it comes to pass. All we need today is to hear the Word of God being spoken in our lives. For in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In the beginning, everything that was made was made by God. There is nothing in this room, nothing in this state, nothing in the world that doesn't have its source in the Word of God. When God gets ready to create something, He doesn't use sticks or stones. He uses His Word and makes everything out of nothing. God can resolve every issue in our lives by speaking one word to us. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. When we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we believe that we are saved, made whole with God. How many believe that? I believe Jesus, I say it. Then if your salvation, your eternal security and destination is accomplished by the speaking of words, how much more everything else in your life is the result of the way you're speaking. Many people are still speaking of themselves and other people in the way that they evaluate their behavior rather than calling those things that be not as though they were. I believe this morning that God has downloaded stuff into my life to speak to you this morning, and that is you need to check your words. It's very simple. You need to take responsibility for the words that are coming through your heart and out of your mouth. You need to understand that there has always been a group of people that honor the word, uh, but but it's, it's far removed from them. That we need to allow what God has spoken on the inside of us to come through us. That what God's doing on the inside and the outside of us has to do with the union that is supposed to exist between heaven and earth, between creator and creature. And the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart is supposed to be acceptable in the eyes of God. And that we could change our life this morning by altering the words that we speak out our mouth. That you could have walked in here one way, but you can walk out of here another way. And you can literally change the circumstances in your life by just becoming aware. Paul says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Except that which is good for edifying, for exhorting, and for ministering grace. Unless the words that come out of our mouth and the words that we are hearing give grace and unity, there's too much conversation going on in the world that creates division. There's too much conversation going on in the world that takes apart and doesn't bring together. Frankly, my life, the life of my children, the life of my grandchildren hang in the balance of the power of the word of God that brings us into unity with God. I haven't got time to mess with people that want to argue and discuss things and separate. I really do not have time for it because the life of my son-in-law was at risk. Because the life of my grandchildren are at risk. I don't care what your theological bent is. I don't care what your feelings are. The Bible says that if by the words of our mouth, we can have what we say. That does not change just because you're having a bad day doesn't change just because somebody has overdone it. It doesn't change because people have misused it. I'm not talking about name it and claim it and getting pink Cadillacs. I'm talking about living the life that God has called us to live by allowing God to speak through our hearts and our mouths his will into our lives. That takes a decision on our part. The scriptures say where two or three agree, there he is. Could we just agree Jesus is Lord Could we agree that he has put his spirit into our hearts that we might call him Abba, Father? Could we agree that when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover? Or have you highlighted that with black? Notice how quiet it gets. If it's in that thing that's sitting in your lap, if it's in that Bible, if it's in that digital tool that you have, FYI, don't walk up to me and talk to me about digital tools. This is the greatest weapon of mass destruction you have ever seen. There are 27 translations in here. There's something like 3,000 commentaries in here and Google. This is a weapon of mass destruction. I don't have to have paper because I have more than paper. I have access to stuff that you can't even imagine. I can double-check the Greek and the Hebrew, and I never took a class in it. Oh, you didn't get it. I have people every week stop me and say, You're using a tablet. Uh Uh-huh. Can you imagine somebody in about 1542 say, oh, my God, you're using paper. Yeah, it's called the Gutenberg Press. They printed the thing. Stuck, stuck, stuck. Can you say stuck? You see, the voice within us, I wish you could hear the voice in my head. If I, if I could just say what was going off in my head and in my heart, because sometimes he says to me that it's so intoxicating that I can't even hear anything else going on. He speaks so profoundly. I was listening to a radio preacher the other day or a podcast or something, and he was talking about how he wished people would stop saying they heard from God. I texted him, Pete. You know, you can Twitter everybody back today. He preaches this message about how he wished the body of Christ would stop saying they've heard from God. Well, do you know that if we don't hear from God, we are already dead. I am praying that every one of you hear from God this morning. I'm praying that every one of you had a taco and you hear something and it's all messed up. I don't even care if you don't get what he said. I don't care if you twist it around inside of something that you think you're hearing is enough to change your life. Because one word, even if it's misunderstood, can change your life. I don't want to teach you how not to hear God. I want to teach you to hear God through the birds. I want to teach you how to hear God every time you take a shower. I believe you ought to be hearing the word of God because you can't speak anything. Of value until you can hear what God has said. Oh my God. There's a voice on the inside of me, and I I wished I could get it calm, but I, I can't listen. He walked into a room with a virgin and she came out pregnant. I'm telling you, that 15-year-old went in that room and shut the door, and when she came out, she was pregnant. An angel of the Lord showed up and said, I have a word for you. And she, I mean, I'd love to, maybe I wanted to be in that room, but in that room with an angel from God, with a word, Christ was conceived because the woman thought she heard from God. Man, would I like to have just one thought like that? I don't know about you, but it just takes one word in a room, say a room. Man, I know women that are running from that room. in uh, can I go just a little further can, 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 I, can I move just I a mean, without a date, without a kiss I mean without a, without a tweet, without a just an angel with a word from God and she and she said let it be if I could just get three people in here to go let it be I had a dream last night let it be. I had a thought this morning on the way to work. Let it be. I I just, I just maybe even had a fantasy about what God might do if I'd pray for somebody. Just, is there anybody here willing to shout? Let it be. I think maybe I heard from God. I was going to be pregnant before I walked out of church this morning. Just let it be. I'm going to be pregnant with a healing. I'm going to be pregnant with a breakthrough in my finances. I'm going to be pregnant with a marriage that's healed. I'm going to be pregnant with a new job. I'm going to be pregnant with... I want the word of God to be so... I mean, the boy was dead until the prophet went in. The boy was dead on stone, and the prophet walked in the room. And y'all know something? The boy walked out of the room because the prophet spoke a word over the boy and the boy. Mmm. Thomas wasn't in the room. Do you know if you're not in the room? You don't get what was in the room. Thomas was off playing his ukulele somewhere. He wasn't in the room. Thomas was running for fear because he saw Christ crucified. And he didn't listen to the word that Christ had spoken before he went to the cross. So he couldn't have enough faith to just stay in the room with other scaredy cats. He wasn't in the room. But when Thomas went in the room through the door, the door appeared in the room. And when the door appeared in the room, Thomas believed. Oh, for some of you, just to get in the room with the word the girl was dead 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 Jairus's daughter was dead and it says Jesus put out everybody else that was being paid to wail and weep and mourn and he put them all out and then I I think I'd like to see the faces of the people outside the room when they heard pitter 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 patter 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 and all of a sudden the 12 year olds running around on the tile in the room and they go she was dead and they come out of the room wouldn't you like to be in the room with the one that can make dead alive again You put yourself in a room with the word? I mean, they were in a room. The door was shut. And that woman opened the door and went where she wasn't supposed to go, carrying an alabaster jar. And when she broke that oil over his feet, he looked at her and said, From this day till I come back, the story of how you worshipped me with that perfume will be told forever. Some of you need to recognize who is already in the room with you and begin to worship. David, a shepherd boy, Jonathan, a prince, went in a room, but a king walked out. You can walk in a room, a shepherd boy, and walk out, a king. You can walk into this room this morning, and I'm preaching the word of God. And if you can hear the word of God, you'll walk out of here different than when you walked in. This is that moment every time the word is preached every time there's an opportunity for your life to be changed because the word of God will change your life and you can move from a shepherd boy to a king you can move from dead to alive you pastor I don't know how to do this I can tell you how to do it get you one of these things I'll give it to you John will pay for it we'll give you you think I'm lying I'm not lying we got, boxes of them. we got boxes of them. If you'll take this home this afternoon and go in a room and shut your door, you'll be different. You'll be free of addiction. You'll be free of depression. You'll be free of that sickness. But bless God, you gotta choose to get in a room with a word from God. Oh, he just offended me. Well, better to be offended and on your way to being healed than sit there in your sorrow and your soup I am so tired of preachers talking and they ain't got nothing to say. They can stimulate you, but they can't make you pregnant. I'm telling you, if you don't walk out of here pregnant with something, you just got stirred by some emotional dude that could put three points together. That doesn't matter. It has to be something that comes from the heart of God that can change you on the inside and cause you to be a different person. I'm not talking about Methodism or Baptist or Catholic. I'm talking about a God this morning that wants to speak into your heart. i got a few things to say this morning. Can I go a little further? I'm so tired of people analyzing problems and not putting the Word to practice. There is a huge difference between analyzing what's going on in your life or analyzing what's going on in the world and putting to practice the habits that will change your life. A little bit of reading of the Word of God will change your life. A little bit of prayer will change your life. A little bit of service will change your life. You My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Touch your neighbor and say, read it again. That word spoken deep down on the inside of you. Listen, if I was the devil and I knew that all you had to do was say something, I'd try to get you to stop talking too. I think the devil knows this better than we do. I mean, I think the devil knows all he's got to do is intimidate you. All the devil's got to do is make you question whether or not it really works or not. All the devil's got to do is tell you, well, that's kind of radical. All the devil's got to do is make you shut up. Because if he can make you shut up and cower in fear of the circumstances around you, he's already won. Because he knows that one believer speaking a word from God can change the course of history. Touch your neighbor and say, wake up. Scared a cat? Let it be, let it be, let it be. Oh, my God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say. See, you already knew this sermon. You didn't even have to come this morning. You already know the Bible says, let the redeemed say. If you're going to get well, you got to say so. If you're going to say you're married, you got to say so. If you're going to get out of debt, you got to say so. If you're going to survive that disease, you got to say. Have you ever lost your voice? I have. It's hard to be a preacher and not have a voice. I was sitting on my lawnmower Friday afternoon. He said, you go tell them I'm trying to fix their laryngitis. I'm trying to give them their voice back so they can stand up and shout. I said, Lord, they're not ashamed. He said, yes, they are. I said, no, no, Lord, I don't pastor people that are ashamed of the gospel. He said, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. He said, yeah, guess what? He always wins these arguments. It's an interesting thing. I've never won an argument with the Lord. He said, you tell them that people that are unashamed stand up and shout, let it be. People that are unashamed stand up and shout, in my life, according to your word, on, oh, you're, I ain't going to get one of you to stand, am I? I'm going back to grandma's church. They all stand up and start shouting, Let it be. (laughs) Thank you, John. <laughs> nothing moves. Nothing changed. You can try to sit down. Nothing... Before this summer is over, you need to understand me. We went into Advent, and I talked to you about the coming of Christ. We went into Epiphany, and I talked about the miracles of Christ. We went into Lent, and I talked to you about being repentant. We went into Easter, and Jesus is raised. But, honey, we are coming into Pentecost. That is my time. We're not supposed to be ordinary people. We're supposed to be people filled with, under the control of the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm tired of people playing church. If the power of God's not being demonstrated in your life, you missed it. This isn't just a history lesson. Moses, I want you to go deliver my people from Pharaoh. Yes, sir, I killed one of them. I can kill all of them. He didn't pick Moses because he was a fighter. Moses had already murdered one Egyptian, had felt guilty for 40 years. And God showed up and said, okay, you're my man. I think Moses was first of all going, about time you noticed how I could. And then he says to Moses, we're not going to use your hands. I want you to speak to Pharaoh. Speak to him. What do you mean speak to him? He's got armies. I can't. I, 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 I stutter. Have you not? I can't. I can't talk. I I. I I stutter. I'm not smart enough to preach. I'm not smart enough to lay hands on. I'm not. And, and You know how many people give excuses to God for what he's called them to do because they don't consider themselves to have the talent to do what he called them to do? God didn't choose you because you're talented. He didn't choose you because you had no ability. He chose you because you don't know nothing. He chose you because you're weak. He chose you because you can't take credit for any of this because every one of us know that you're a loser. We already know that. He he chose you to confound the wise because the wise are going to stand there and go, I'm far more talented than that idiot. I have preachers all over this country. Can't figure out why is that boy preaching? Why does he get to go to the Pope? Why does he get to talk to them? Why is he doing that? Because I was from Severy and I didn't know anything. You you didn't get it yet. He said, I want you to go over there and I want you to talk to them. Use your mouth. And I want you to speak and can I go a little further? Moses argued with him and Moses said, I got to have something. He goes, well, he said, see that rod in your hand? Y'all yeah, throw it down. It comes pick it out. Isn't that cool? Stick your hand in here. So, so God gave Moses a couple of confirmations for Moses. So he goes in there and he speaks to Pharaoh and now all the people are going free. And they come up against a barrier. How many of you ever come up against a barrier? You know you've been set free. How many have been set free? You know you're, oh, come on. If you don't know you're set free, sit. No, if you know you're free, raise your hand. Thank you. This is a children's sermon. How many of you know Jesus is Lord? Raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And yet you get outside of the bondage and there's still another barrier. Have you ever got set free and then you took about four steps and now there's a river trying to kill you and the enemy that let you go is now mad at you and they're chasing you? Anybody had one of those experiences? How many having one right now? I'm having one right now. And there's a river there and they're whining. You ever met a whiny Christian? I'm telling you. People that thought they were free, but now they know they're not free are whinier than people that are still in bondage. Because they thought once they got set free, they would be problem free. No. And now we got a problem here. And they start whining. And Moses starts going. And he raises the rod. They go free. And then they're going out in the desert, and now they're wishing they had a river because they got no water. And he tells Moses, he said, take that rod and strike that stone, and water will come out of that rock. See, one of the things God's trying to get you to understand is that there's nothing missing in your life. There's a failure to appreciate what he's already given you. That your deliverance is in your hand. That if God's called you to do something, he's already put the provision in your hand. You just need to use what you got. You're not missing anything. You just aren't grateful for what he's already given you. He's put a stick in your hand. And when he puts a stick in your hand and gives you a word in your heart, that stick will make water come out of... Listen, you don't have a problem with money. There's a coin in your house, but you've got to sweep the house yourself. You need to hear me. There is oil in your house, lady. All you got to do is go get some pots and start pouring. The provision that you need, you already have. You're not missing anything. You're just failing to appreciate what's already in your life. Are you listening to me? You listen, Moses, with a stick and a stutter, you're going to defeat Pharaoh from out. I've already put it in your hand. What is in your hand? Lady, there's enough meal in the bottom of that barrel to feed an entire army for as long as I say. Goliath had a sword and a shield, but David had a rock and a rag. And a rock and a rag with the word of God will take down a giant with a sword. And You need to hear me, Moses. You need to appreciate what I've already put in your life. I'm trying to shake you up. The Holy Spirit is in your life. The Word is in your heart. The Word is in your mouth. If you begin to utilize what He's given you, you can go free today. Strike that rock and watch the water run. Say with me. Strike it. But you see, that's the first part of the lesson. There's a deeper part of the lesson to the deliverance that God's trying to do in our lives today. And it's to get us to understand, first and foremost... That the pressure in your life is to reveal the promise. How many got pressure? Two. I ain't got pressure, you got pressure? I ain't got no pressure. I ain't got no pressure. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Revelation, revelation 21.8. No. Pressure. We misunderstand pressure. God uses pressure to start a process. God uses pressure to start a process. And that process is, will you trust what he's already done in your life? Will you trust what he's already put in your life? You never get to the promise without going through a process. God will put pressure in your life to put you into a process of relying and trusting on the word that he's put in your life. And when you allow the process to work in your life, then you'll come into the fullness of the promise because God's already provided it for you. But you got to trust in the provision in the midst of the pressure in order to go through the process that's going to change you. And God's trying to change you more than he's trying to change your circumstances. But you got to stay in the process. Many of you are too... Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm trying not to go into tongues because I know 40 people will go, what did he just do? Well, you need to hear this in my head because in my head, he's talking in tongues. In my head, he's talking in about 12 different languages and I'm trying to interpret it into English so that you don't get freaked out. But he is downloading this any way he wants to on the inside of his. Don't misunderstand pressure as though you sinned. There's too many religious idiots out there telling you if you've got problems, it's because you sinned. Mm, Play again. Moses was living under the blood of the lambs that had been slain. He wasn't in trouble because he sinned. He was in trouble because he was being delivered into the land of God. You're not in pressure because you don't have enough faith. That's not true. If you just had more faith, then somebody would be healed. That's a lie. Tell that person to shut up. This has nothing to do with how much faith you got. A little bit of faith, it says, will move mountains. This has nothing to do about the quantity of faith or the quality of faith. This has to do with how God's changing you on the inside and that you're going through a process. And unless the seed dies and falls in the ground and doesn't look like anything's going to happen until it looks like it's totally impossible, Abraham, we ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing nothing until Lazarus is already dead. And then I'm going to do something. I'm going to wait till anything that could be accomplished could only be accomplished by my powers that you can't take any credit for you. So I'm going to put you under pressure to start a process that will reveal my promise that... Repeat that. No, buy the tape. I'll give it to you. What's in your hand? The next time the people begin to murmur and complain and backbite and shout and just... The next time. I read it to you. Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. I don't want you to strike the rock. I want you to speak to the rock. Now, you just got to take this for me telling it to you. The rock is a metaphor, a picture, an allegory of the Christ. The Christ. The first time we... The rock. The first time we put the rock on the cross and we crucified him. But the second time, you don't crucify Christ again. You don't strike the rock a second time. You speak to that rock. You speak to it. There's too many people running around talking about how everybody needs to be sacrificed to God. No, God was sacrificed to you. I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ that lives with him. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the one that loved me. This is not about you being more sacrificed to yourself. This is about speaking to the one who was sacrificed. I don't want you to strike the rock again. I want you to speak to the rock. And when you speak to the rock, water will come out of that rock. Moses did not get to go into the promised land because he struck the rock. Listen, there's too many people striking, commanding, acting entitled, think they should. No, he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You need to speak to the Christ that's on the inside of you because everything you need is on the inside of you because he has moved inside of there. He lives on the inside of you. And if you'll speak to the Christ that's on the inside of you rather than respond to the voices that are going on in this world, you need to talk to the one that said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, lo, I will be with you always. Honey, he didn't leave you because you said a bad word last night. He didn't leave you because you argued with your wife on the way to church this morning. He didn't leave you because you got a bad habit. He's on the inside of you and he's sitting there. He's waiting for you to call on his name and know that greater is he who's on the inside than he that's in the world. You need to speak to the Christ that has moved into your heart. There is more inside of you than you understand, but you have allowed the enemy to steal your voice and intimidate you because of your bad behavior. You've allowed the enemy to steal your voice because of bad religion. Listen to me. I'm trying to wake us up and get us to speak to the God that's on the inside of us and let the river of life that's inside of us flow out of us. It'll bring healing and change. All you've got to do this morning is have enough confidence to believe it and speak it. It said, Moses didn't believe it. body of christ day is tongue-tied they're tied up in their own theology tied up in misuse of this teaching and this teaching can be misused it can be misused into believing that we're the ones that control god by our mouth no we're not the ones that control god with our mouth god when we give our heart to him begins to plant deep down on the inside of us his will and his ways and when we allow what he has spoken deep down on the inside, sometimes I can't. I made mistakes years ago of telling people what God was speaking to me. Do you know how many times people will trample your dream because it's too big for them to understand? They'll, they'll walk all over it. I thought I was sharing. I thought people get excited about my dream. And then they started telling me, who do you think you are that God would do that? Who do you think? Listen, sometimes you've got to be careful who you share the dream with. Sometimes the only people I can share the dream with are people who are having dreams of their own. Yeah. Oh, well. Touch your neighbor and say, speak to it. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, speak to it. Well, I've heard from God and I'm going this way. Can I give you a little advice? Abraham heard God say, go up to that mountain and worship, take your son with you. But did you know God spoke a second time? God will give you a first word sometimes just to get you moving. He'll say, Abraham, take your son. Let's go up there to the mountain and we're going we're to kill your son. Thank God God spoke to Abraham a second time and said, I don't need your son. I have one. Some of you haven't heard the second time. You heard one time in your life, and you haven't consecutively kept hearing the voice of God. God will speak to you once just to get you moving. He'll speak to you twice to clarify. He'll keep talking to you through your own life. Man shall live not by bread alone, but by every word. He is continually talking to us every moment, every day. He doesn't give you anything in its totality. You know in part and prophesy in part. The minute you stand up and act like you know everything there is to know, can I tell you, you're in trouble. The reality of this sermon is, are you listening? And if you're listening, just say what you've heard. And if you say what you heard, things will begin to change in your life. Oh, well. Sometimes you've got to love the presence of God more than the praise of people or you'll get stuck listening to what they have to say and not listening to what he's saying. I said a lot right there. The power isn't in the stick. The power is in the word. The power is present in you. The power is in the ability for us to say what God has said. Touch your neighbor and say, just speak it. Just speak it. Christ is in me. He's in there. So I'm surrounded by grandkids. Anybody got grandkids? They're about this tall and they're this tall and they're this tall. And they come from kids that are about this tall. Any of you got kids this tall? It's hard to talk back to kids it's tall. Well, well, Papa has stuff now. There was a day Papa didn't have any stuff, but Papa now has stuff. And Papa's got things you ride and things you drive and all kinds of stuff. And these people like that kind of stuff. And so we got this here lawnmower and we share that lawnmower and we drive that lawnmower up on these trailers that go like this. You know, you can load it up. And, and then, then, then because Papa doesn't trust the brakes on that thing, Papa always says, now you know, you put a strap on it. And I have straps. I love straps. Any men in here? Come on, I need a couple of men in here. You know what straps are? You know they got hooks on both ends and they got this ratchet and rah, 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 rah. you strap it. I mean, put it on her, baby. I got a strap and I got this. Uh, I'm sorry. Next week I'll tell some woman thing. And I got this toolbox. How many of you guys got these toolboxes and they got drawers in them? And I'm retentive. I, I got drawers and, and I have different colors of straps. This color means it's 15 foot. This color means it's 25 foot. This color means it's 50. I mean, I got, I got straps and they're in the drawer and I roll them up and I put them in there. So I, I, I'm teaching that we need straps. And you put a strap on it and you anchor it down. How many know that they don't bring stuff back? Not only does Papa have the stuff, but Papa's got so much stuff that he don't need it back. And and so I went out that other day and I put the lawnmower up and I was taking the lawnmower back because somebody needed the lawnmower and they didn't have time to come get it, so Papa doesn't have I got plenty of time, so we're gonna take and, and my strap's still there, and I get ready to hook it. And you know there's a hook on the end of that. And it was gone. The hook was gone. My strap was there. What they did with the hook? I do I, what do you? You took the hook off, what are you? And I'm mad. No anybody ever been mad? My stuff, my strap. My time. So I don't take time to go get another strap. I take that strap and I tie it in a knot around that. And I go to the other side of the thing and I put it down, and I'm mad, and I go, vroom. <laughs> Every man knows where this is going. And I get to the house, and that house has deep in it. And I get out there, and I unstrap it, and I back the lawnmower off. And then I go over, and there's this knot in my strap that doesn't have a hook. And I remembered a story from many years ago. And I stand there, and I'm looking at that knot. i think, well, if it worked for me. I start talking to that knot. In the name of Jesus, you loosen up. I'm speaking to you now in the name of Jesus, and I'm digging. I'm in the name of Jesus, and this one goes, Papa. I don't think it's listening. You, you need to go back, or something to that effect. (laughs) I was just diminished in some of your eyes. And I'm talking that knot in the name of Jesus. And I reach down and I touch that knot. Yeah. Oh, my God, pops. I'm going exactly. <laughs> Some of you have knots in your lives. You are knotted up in your guts right now. You are bound by a multitude of things. And nobody's coming to undo that knot. He has given you the ability to speak to those limitations and those bondages. You're in a process that is troublesome. It's pressure. But on the inside of you is the God of heaven and earth. And all you've got to do is speak to the knots in your life, and you will go free. But you've got to get your voice back. You've got to clear your throat. You don't want to be ashamed for whosoever will speak to this knot. Whosoever will speak to this mountain. You need to get your voice back and start talking. Because I'm telling you, if he'll untie a knot on the back end of a trailer that carries a, what will he do in your life if you just have the courage to speak? All the time I've been preaching, they brought my grandson in and his arm about that big and not supposed to be that big. It's interesting to me, every time time the Lord begins to tell me to preach like this, enemy will get right here. Enemy right here. You hear me. This word, if you allow it, the enemy will try to steal it with some stupid thing. Do you listen to me? But you got to keep speaking to that knot. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of you are bound up because you've been mad at the Lord. You don't believe the Lord. You've been battling through stuff. And you need to say yes to Jesus. You need to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And you need to confess the same. I'm going to give you that opportunity this morning to simply say, Jesus is Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for being full in my life. Jesus, I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life. I'm gonna trust in you, believe in you. Say it with me, Jesus. Everybody always room, Jesus. You're my Lord and my Savior. I trust in you. You spoke to me. I will speak to you. Say, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. <laughs> Annie and I had four children of the age of 11. We had a foster child that was 13. I remember sitting on a Sunday night after I preached <coughs> faith in a little house over on 8th Street about 3 o'clock in the morning. I kept saying, "Lord, if you don't do something, I'm gonna be poor. If you don't do something, I'm gonna be broke." And I was crying, sitting on this little half couch. As sure as I'm talking, I heard the Lord say, "Son, you already are poor." And he wasn't lying. I went in and woke Annie up. I said, "I heard from God, baby." She rolled over and she said, oh, yeah, what did he say? I said, he said I was poor. She said, I could have saved you and him a lot of time." I went back out and sat down on that little couch. And the Lord said, now that we got that straight, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. Whenever you realize just how weak and desperate you are, that's a great place to begin to confess the promises of God over your life. Stand with me this morning. Thank you
0: for listening to this week's message from the Father's House. We hope you stay connected by following us online at fathershouse.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using @TFH_Hutch.